a welcome. This is the first episode of the Utah Geospatial Podcast. This is Greg Bunce. And I'm Matt Peters. And we are from the soon-to-be uh, UGRC, Utah Geospatial Reference Center. And Resource we'll be bringing... Center. Resource Center. Thank you. Wow. I got to get this right. And, you know, we'll be bringing news. The focus of this podcast is to kind of bring news, um, geospatial news from throughout Utah and, and bring it here. Um, so leading off here for the first episode, I'm going to hit Matt up with a couple questions. And right out of the gate here, um, is what is AGRC and what is the role of, of state, the state GIS office? Well, Greg, I guess first thing we better say UGRC for that Utah Geospatial Resource Center. But uh, the role of the state office, I think, well, we're here to promote and facilitate GIS at a very basic level. But really, it's we are here to have this state geographic information database that is a resource for a lot of people doing GIS in Utah to access that data. Uh, kind of think of, you know, you you want to get started in GIS. Well, the SGID, State Geographic Information Database, is a perfect place to come and get some base data for yourself. Uh, if you're a state agency, we'd like you to contribute data to it. If you're a county or a city, we'll hope you feed data to it as well. So back, oh, back, back a million years ago, <clears throat> The SGID was something that uh, kind of, a, a, I guess you could say, the idea for the SGID came out of uh, Scott Matheson's office doing a study for like, should spatial data be kind of in one spot for people to use? Uh, should it be centralized? And it was decided, yes, it should be. And in the early days, there were different studies done by big name consulting firms uh, that came to Utah and said, yes, you should have a geospatial office. Yeah, they weren't calling it geospatial back then, but you get the idea. And ESRI come in and done a study early on uh, when they were still ESRI, not ESRI. And... Uh, Everyone said, yes, you know, this idea of having a state GIS office with a state geographic information database was a good idea. And in the early days, that database was just populated from project work. We did a project, the data went into the state geographic information database. And a little tidbit, I bet you didn't know, Greg, is that there was a study for a super collider out in the West Desert of Utah. I did not know this. Yes, see now. What year, what year was this? Uh, or know, decade? Yeah, I was about to say. It, I think it was in the seventies. No, no, it was no, it was in the eighties. I just can't remember the year. But, wow. Yeah, yeah. So old things I found at AGRC, and then you know, at one point we're called AGR, uh, Automated Geographic Reference and then Automated Geographic Reference Center, and now Utah Geospatial Resource Center. So that's kind of your little history lesson. Yep. And, so, and that one's coming in, in this year, right, in May, UGRC? When yeah, are we going to that? Some... Yeah, I just received another notification today 
that now it's at printing, whatever that means. So yeah, essentially the governor has X time frame to sign a bill. If he doesn't sign it, it will just go into law unless he vetoes it. So essentially we're we're set. We're UGRC. And then begins all the, the logo changes and, and everything that follows. Yeah. And the rebranding, rebranding yeah. ourselves. The work begins. Yeah, the work begins. So, so really we were, you know, Utah was a really an early adopter on all this GIS, geospatial stuff. Um, yes. Which is yeah. kind of the, one of the takeaways there is that, you know, back in, you know, you, you're talking about the 80s and you're talking about GIS. And I don't know that many states can actually speak like that. So, yeah, it's interesting. That's which speaks to the, the SGID as well, which is why it's so, you know, why it is where it is today. Yes, and I think that that's the important thing to note with the SGID is that, you know, we have these, the core layers, what you might call framework layers, roads, address points, parcels, uh, administrative boundaries, but then a lot of our partners, other state agencies are contributing data as well, and we have federal partners too now, and a lot of times I guess you could think of the SGID as years ago, yes, it was more centralized, but now there's an index and you can actually reference services from other agencies and from the federal government. So a little different, but we still consider it SGID. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like almost like a centralized catalog, whether we're serving the data or we're pointing you to the data. It's it's an excellent starting place as a as a catalog to look for data. Yeah. I think if you have to think back to your childhood uh, in the hippie love days of the whole earth catalog and access to tools, you know, it was just a big catalog, the whole earth catalog. And uh, yeah, you could look at the SGID like that. Yep. Um, so so what are some of the new things? I think you kind of addressed a few of them already, but some of the big things coming up for UGRC. Um, so you got the name change coming this year. Yeah. And then we, we got the move from the state office building. Yeah, the state office building is going to be going to be destroyed. Sadly. Yes. And the, in my opinion. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because I actually uh, rented a house uh, near the state office building uh back 10 years ago or well 11 years ago and uh then yeah so so i i kind of set myself up to go to work very closely uh but now that we've been in the pandemic and we're tele teleworking it's like what, what why do we need to go to this office but the state of utah bought the american express building that was near the calvin rampton complex for udot out in Taylorsville, and they have revamped the whole building and made it a nice space for us. And can you still bike there? Uh, you can work it out. Uh, I can, yeah, there, there are, there is uh, some bike trails that will get you close, as well as the Green Line will take you to West Valley Central, and uh, you can. Uh, bike the last mile or so to the building because i know every single day that i've worked at agrc now ugrc 
you pedaled your bike to work. So for for many of those days, yeah, it was a thirty minute walk or a fifteen minute bicycle ride. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So then another thing kind of coming here worth worth discussing is the restructuring at the state level of uh, you know currently we're under the Department of Technology Services. Um, but yeah, maybe you can speak a little to some of the, the new restructuring with the new governor and some of the legislation that just passed. Yeah, so so this this last week now, uh, AGRC is, is still part of technology services, but now it's the division of technology services under the Department of Government Operations. The new CIO now is Alan Fuller, and the new head of government operations is Jenny Rees. And there's a lot, a whole, what's that song? There's a whole lot of shaking going on. And so, yeah, we're going to see a lot of changes, but you know what? AGRC has a strategic plan. We have a mission. We have a lot of people at AGRC with a lot of years of experience. We know what we need to do to keep rolling. But I think that we need to now pivot and change our focus. Yeah. I mean, that's another good point with all this. I think we should probably note that the name change isn't tied anything to this new restructuring. They're kind of running no. independently. The name change is coming out of the strategic plan. And that would have happened no matter how we were, you know, whether we stayed in the same structure or not. Very true. But, yeah. But but really, I mean, this this may elevate us um, to higher, you know, moving GIS into broader levels of government, which kind of kind of goes into some of the next topics here of uh, some notable GIS stuff happening at AGRC. Yeah, and you know, I think that to lead it off, you you gotta say something that has been on our minds for almost longer than I can remember is uh, next generation nine one one. Yep. Well, I, like you said, I think we, we have next gen nine one one fatigue, almost, and it's almost it's it's yeah to the point where it's finally happening, and it's it almost seems like wow, it is finally happening. But but yeah, to speak on that, um, we did submit in a variety of data sets. Out Motorola won a contract at the state to handle the the call processing side of of nine one one, which is the maps on the screen at the dispatch centers, and then. Um, they, they won also the contract to route the call. So you, you, you place a 911 call. GIS data is now going to be used starting in August in, I think, parts of, I think, Weber County, uh, parts of Davis and Salt Lake. It'll roll out there first. But but the data that we're all contributing to the state, you know, the road center lines, the address points, the PSAP boundaries, which we finally um, all have agreement on, Um emergency service boundaries, all of that stuff is going to be the driving force behind 911. And we just submitted the data um, to one of Motorola's vendors this week. And like I said, you know, that's that's moving forward there. Um, another one to mention is, is the election system. The state now hired a, a vendor to to manage and build out the election system at the state level. Um, so this, these two these two scenarios are kind of like GIS is now moving from a little area over there, you know, in our world now out to the to the larger to the larger systems, you know, driving these systems. Um, and I think we can talk maybe more about the election system in, in different 
podcasts, but but to note that you know everyone's going to be using GIS data to get to get ballots rolling and and, and all reprecincting and stuff like that throughout the state. Um, yeah, do you have any? I guess other topics might be lidar or imagery. Yeah, so you know lidar, you know, amazingly. Utah is 75% covered by LIDAR, uh, and I would have never guessed that. I thought we had a very big uphill battle, but really a lot of money coming from FEMA through the local DEM has really helped enhance that. Uh, at the moment, though, unfortunately, a lot of the LIDAR is tied up at the USGS, I'm afraid, with the pandemic. There's been a slowdown in the QAQC, but we're hoping for at some point the dam will break. Uh, imagery, uh, Utah will be flown at uh, six inch for the whole state, probably somewhere in June, July timeframe. Uh, you know, as you may know, Utah has varied terrain, varied elevation. So to do the whole state in one go, it needs to be the right time of year. Uh, that's very key. And, uh, you know, Greg, I wonder, though, <clears throat> we kind of talked about that, but we haven't talked about much about SGID data and how we share it with people. Yeah, yeah, good point. You, you kind of alluded to it early on about opening up to the, you know, the whole new model of the SGID. You know, traditionally you would, traditionally you would send data to you know our office and we would serve it somewhere in a database and and we would do updates that way and we still do that that way but we're definitely taking advantage more and more of um, ArcGIS online and how you can share data through there and that platform has definitely gotten much more stable and much more useful to us over the past let's say maybe a year year and a half two years um, but really with this, you know, state agencies now, many state agencies are, are hosting their own GIS data. There's the days are kind of gone where, the, you know, they need, you need us for storing a data in the database. And the beauty of them hosting their own services is that we're now able just to integrate their services directly through some sharing processes. And then, you know, then you have, and then we can point users who, through our catalog, through our whole earth catalog, uh, we can point users right back to these authoritative sources and, and the additional beauty there is that they're not you know, we're not waiting for data updates anymore you know folks are making the data updates and edits on their end in their services and it's instant it's instantly viewed for any sgid user um, so i think that's that's been good so if, if there's any interesting wanting to learn more about that it's on our data it's on our page on our data page um, or reach out to myself or Matt about that and uh, if, you, if you feel like you've got any data sets out there that are state worthy that are sta you know statewide data sets that are that are of interest to many folks definitely reach out and uh, we, we should get we should get you hooked up with that sounds like black magic to me <clears throat> so then it gets peppered in there a little bit uh oh you know, there were some uh, advancements in GIS. Well, I don't know if I go that heavy, but but in this last legislative session here in Utah, uh, AGRC's code was opened and some changes were made that said we would be very supportive about working on affordable housing. Uh, 
and here in Utah, we have parcel information and we have land information records that are tied to parcels that have uh, increased uh, information about a parcel. And what we're going to do, we're going to be working with others such as Wasatch Front Regional Council and MPO, and we're going to look at how we can find where the best places for our for affordable housing. And we're going to be using that land information record to do that. And so it's, for me, it's, it's this notion of you start, you say, please share your data, please share the land information record. And then you say, okay, these are questions we need to answer with your land information record. Can we answer these questions? If no, we need to improve the data. If yes, great. Then we need to move away from like the populated areas and go to less populated areas. Can we answer the questions with that data? Uh, so more and more uh, demands will be placed on uh, rural Utah to for data quality and data improvement uh, because the issues are changing. I mean, probably years ago, this wasn't an issue for rural Utah. And now as Salt Lake is, is exploding, Salt Lake County, Utah County, uh, Davis County, Weber County, Cache County, the rural folks are feeling the squeeze of the city folks. Uh, it's becoming more of an issue. And I guess it puts us in more of a collaborative mode as well with a lot of a lot of this as it moves forward. Yeah, very true. Yeah, and you know, speaking of collaboration, uh, the GIS Advisory Council is something that I uh, kind of revamped or, or restarted uh, recently. And it's just a representative from a variety of state agencies and will include some fed, federal people and others. But the goal is just that we're tighter integration of what each agency is doing with GIS, make sure we're collaborating and working together uh, better. And I'm looking on the page right now and it's, you know, helping to find minimum metadata standards for the state. So I think, you know, that's that's a key thing. And, and um, a list of resources for GIS contacts throughout the state. So I think those are really valuable. Yeah, and I think as well, it's uh, policy things like what should the metadata standard be? You know, JISAC says X. You know, it's kind of like, it, it's a, what would you say, kind of a policy developing body. JISAC meaning the, the Utah Geographic Information Systems Advisory Council. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see where that goes. Yeah, I, mean, I guess one important note to make is that uh, JISAC is actually defined in administrative rules. Uh, it's the real deal. Okay. So like state state law or uh, state, like in state well, statute? Yeah, it's kind of statute, but but in, a, in what they term administrative rules, yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Okay, well, it looks like we only have just a couple more topics here, but uh, brief ones. But so UGIC, um, 
you know, I think we're all, we've all gotten used to doing everything virtual and I think everything we've attended here in the past year is virtual. Um, but it looks like uh, UGIC coming up here in, I believe, May. No, um, no, uh, uh, actually, let me correct September, you. September, sorry, this September, right? Uh, no, October. October, thank you, geez. October. Uh, it looks like they're being optimistic here and, and they're, they're looking to do an in-person in Bryce. Um, I know you sit on that committee. I don't know, any, anything to add? Yes, so I'm, I sit on that uh, committee, that, that board. I'm looking for a new AGRC person to take over. Uh, the UGIC elections will be in May of this year. Uh, the, as, as board members currently, we just were nervous. Like we, we thought, okay, we're going to have a, a conference now. No, we're going to postpone it. No, we're going to postpone it. Well, normally the elections were tied to the conference. And so since we haven't been able to conference, we've just held our positions. But really, everybody's getting a little bit fatigued on that. And so the elections are in May. Then the people that are elected will stay with the older folks. And we will run the October conference together. And then the old board will fade away and the new board will take it forward. And uh, an important note is that we are trying to link up with the Utah uh, land surveyors uh, community and run a joint conference maybe like in a year, something of that sort. Or, or you know, like within 2022, we will have some kind of a joint conference uh and we we you know just feel like surveyors are our colleagues uh our our data is tied to survey data should be tied to survey data and so we thought it's a great thing to kind of come together and share ideas knowledge thoughts and uh, work through any issues we have together excellent um, well, closing us out here today, we figured we'd throw a little tidbit in, and um, we're announcing that as of about a week or two ago, we did get the 2020 census geographies loaded into the SGID, and that means that you can use them as web services, um, you can download them as shape files, file geodatabases, or you can consume them in our post-GIS database uh, directly. Um, but what those are, you know, these are the geographies that came out first, and the census is still working on demographics. Um, and those typically would have been out, but there's been a little delay this year. And you should be seeing those in September. Um, and this is the stuff that a lot of folks will be using for redistricting. Um, so redistricting is also kind of on, I'm not going to say on hold, but, you know, also waiting on getting some of this demographic stuff. So stay tuned for some of that information um, that will append to the spatial data that we're serving right now. Um, I guess one final tidbit on that is we as you'll see on our data page, is that some of the blocks, we've, we've, we've lost blocks this year, which is actually a good thing um, from the past. They've, this is the first year they were using some kind of automated um, algorithms to kind of predict what a block should look like. And using that type of algorithm, they've, they've deemed that many of the blocks in the past weren't necessary um, due to their size or um, things of that nature. But, but yeah, Matt, you wanna take us out here for the first official episode? Well, you know, Greg, I do, though I have a question for you now that yeah. you mentioned 
losing blocks. So I thought I remembered some blocks that were unusually large, but the population was all in one part of the block. That, that could be yeah, I didn't look at a detailed analysis of all of it. That that definitely could be going on, but population definitely played a role. Um, okay. Like you're okay. saying, it, it didn't make sense to have such a small amount of population, you know, population in a block. And like you're like you're alluding to is what I'm thinking as well that things got merged, yeah. and and, okay. and, the, and the algorithms figured that out and said, you know, this should, this should just be a block. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think you're onto it. Okay. Okay. Well, everyone, thanks for listening, and uh, we hope to include uh, a lot of folks from the GIS community uh, to put some folks on notice. Uh, Buck down in uh, Wildlife Resources, Phoebe at the university, Eric Edgley at Wildlife Resources, uh, Aaron Austin, uh, just all you, all our colleagues. Uh, we want to hear from you. We want to talk to you. Adam Riddell from UDOT, Corey Younger from UDOT. Uh, I won't pick on anyone else, but uh, you all have been here for quite a while. You all have a lot of experience, a lot of things to add to the community. So we want to like mine all the collective experience we have here in Utah and share it with people. So thanks for your time. Yeah, and I'll just I'll just add, you know, drop by our website and uh, sign up for the newsletter if you haven't, and you can get us on Twitter at Map Utah. So, what is the AGRC website, or should we say UGRC? Yeah, UGRC. Right. Well, the beauty there is that it's staying the same. That's gis.utah.gov. Great. Okay. Talk to you next time. Yep, I'll still be here. <laughs>